Well, welcome to Dropping Keys, conversations and insights about life, leadership, love, and whatever else we get into. I'm Joel Morgan, your co-conspirator and head of Key Exploration. What you have just opened up is an A volume. It's an extension of the conversation before, where I take a deep dive into one or more of the keys dropped in the prior conversation. In this case, this is volume zero A, a complement to volume zero, ground zero, the first dropping keys conversation with a fellow co-conspirator, in that case, Valley Haggard. But let me back up for just a moment. Dropping Keys is the inspiration for this podcast and is the title of a poem by Hafez, a 14th century mystic and poet. It goes like this. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. If you haven't listened to Volume Zero, you really should. Or at least listen to the last few minutes where, you, where Valley drops this key. Do whatever you need to do to love yourself. Quit your job, get divorced, whatever it takes. That's a direct quote from Valley. Do whatever you need to do to learn to love yourself. Quit your job, get divorced, whatever it takes. Well, what does it mean to love yourself? As Valley said, it seems trite or sort of a woo-woo kind of key to drop. And you know me, I don't love woo-woo. Yet, the more keys conversations that I have, the more I hear variations of this, of learning to love yourself, of accepting yourself, of showing grace to yourself. If you don't think it's common, just Google how to love yourself. You'll be amazed at how much advice and ink and digital space is spent trying to help people love themselves. And so I thought about this a little bit and tried to dive a little deeper into it. And I thought about some of the the major religions in the world. I mean, when asked about the core of faith, Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So that implies that you need to love yourself in order to love your neighbor. Buddhism teaches self-compassion as a core practice to eliminate suffering. It, It teaches you to be gentle with yourself. And yet, even though these major religions have this self-compassion and this self-love as part of the core of things, still people, men and women, of all ages and means, of all walks of life, will tell me or tell themselves, I cannot love myself. I don't know how to love myself. This was recently brought to mind when a colleague of mine told me recently, I don't believe we can give grace to ourselves. It can only come from others. Wow. And that blew me away. Let, let that sink in just for a moment. I cannot give myself grace. Someone has to give it to me. Grace can only come from outside of me. Love can only come out from, from outside of me. 
What kind of messed up existence is that going to be if that's how we set ourselves up? Because basically, we're never, we're always going to be seeking after love, seeking after grace, looking for it in other people, and we don't have control over the people. We have no idea if they'll ever give it to us. So we're going to do all kinds of crazy things in order to try to get love, get grace, get care from outside of ourselves. I mean, what is it about our experiences, our upbringing that teaches us such self-loathing, self-hatred almost, I mean, or at least self-ambivalence? How is it that most of us never measure up to our own standards and cannot find love for ourselves? I mean, especially for the more masculine polarities, the, the, the men out there, you know, we're, we're told men don't cry. Even to this day, love for ourselves seems namby-pamby. I mean, in my opinion, we pick this up along, somewhere along the way. We aren't born thinking we suck. I mean, the only sucking we're doing at that point is either on a bottle or a breast to get sustenance. All we're thinking about is meeting our own needs and actually enjoying our bodies. And so as I dug deep into this, and I read about it, and I thought about it, a theme kept coming up. So many people believe if they accept themselves, have grace for themselves, love themselves, they will become lazy or unmotivated or unable to hold themselves accountable for success or achievement that they'll become soft somehow, that they need to drive themselves. The most driven people often have the most significant critic and slave driver, taskmaster, editor in their own minds. They cannot stop. They cannot love themselves. They have to keep going. They can't screw up because if they do, it will prove the critic, the editor, the taskmaster, the slave driver right. They suck. They're phonies. They don't deserve anything they have. And if people knew, there'd be hell to pay. And there is hell to pay in their own minds for the way they're beating themselves up and hurting themselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, if we want to go there, which leads to hurting ourselves physically doing things that are sort of crazy to try to get love and grace from other people. And then this whole thing about, you know, if people, if people knew there would be trouble because I'm not as good as, I'm, as I think I was, I have to build this persona. This is where imposter syndrome comes in. Again, it sort of goes like this. If they found out who I really was on the inside, they wouldn't like me. And if they don't like me, I won't be loved. And if I'm not loved, I'll die. That's a classic Tony Robbins riff. Maybe true, but it seems awfully harsh, doesn't it? Well, imposter syndrome is really a trick of the ego to keep us small and on alert and, and sort of off kilter. If I love myself... I would have to stop hiding and, and worrying about being found out. I mean, people would see all me, warts and all. They would, I would have to be transparent and they might see that I have flaws and, and, and then, you know, then they, they might not love me. That's what the ego says. And even though we mostly hear about the big ego, 
the oversized ego, the one that takes advantage of people and hurts people and doesn't really care about anybody, it, it's much more common imposter syndrome. The ego likes being small because small is unquestioned. The ego likes being unquestioned, autonomous, alone, undisturbed, superior. The ego likes manipulating things behind the scenes. The ego doesn't know love. It only knows position, opposition, control, comparison, power, supposed authority and superiority. Anytime you uh, begin to criticize someone else for something that they've done or haven't done, that's your ego talking. And since this is the voice in our mind that is talking probably all the time, it's not always just ego, but a lot of it is ego, we believe it is an authority on us, the authority on us. We believe that it is speaking the truth to us. And so we can't give ourselves a break, let alone love. I mean, just think about it. The last time maybe that you, you took some time off, Maybe you just were sitting around doing not much. What was going on in your head? I should be doing something. What should I be doing? Why am I not doing anything? Man, I'm a loser. Well, maybe that's not what's going on in your head. Maybe that's what's going on in my head. I just invite you, just take a week. Take a week and just begin to note and write down what you tell yourself in your own mind or what your ego is saying in your own mind or those, those, those stories that you're telling yourself in your own mind when things don't go just according to plan. Or just write down what, what you think first thing in the morning when you get up and you look yourself in the face in the mirror. Or write down what happens when you forget something. Take note. Write it down for a week. Review. I'm going to invite you to do that. I'm not going to dare you to do that. And then when you review, ask yourself, would I speak to a friend this way? Would I speak to my partner, my lover this way? Would I speak to my parents this way? Well, if not, if you wouldn't speak to any of those people that way, why in the world do you speak to yourself this way? What purpose does it serve? And so then I, the next step would be to begin to ask, I wonder why I treat myself this way. And to ask of all that stuff that has been going on in your head, what does the ego, the critic, the taskmaster, what is this voice that's in my head want for me in this? What is it trying to do by telling me that I'm not worthy of love or grace or that I'm not just good enough or that I just suck? What does that voice want? And then think about this. And this was a revelation to me as I, as I dug into this. I'd never thought about this before. Yeah, okay, Joel, you're stupid, but whatever. Uh, there's the voice again, jumped right in there. The longest term relationship you will ever have is with yourself. 
Just think about that for just a hot second. The longest term relationship you will ever have is with yourself. You'll never have more conversations with anybody else. You'll never spend any more time with anybody else. You'll never touch anybody else's skin more than you touch your own. So why don't we think about the relationship we have with ourselves like we do other relationships? I mean, relationships take time and attention to flourish. I mean, think about your, your, if you have a primary love relationship, right? You go on dates, you hang out, you exchange presents, you talk on the phone, you get on FaceTime, and then sometimes you hurt each other, but then if it's a good relationship, you apologize, and you say hurtful things, and then you make up. Kamal Ravikant uh, wrote a book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depended On It, it's a real short book. Interesting. But a couple of questions that he asked I think are applicable here. If I, if I loved myself truly and deeply, what would I do? If I loved myself truly and deeply, would I let myself experience this? These are questions that he encourages us to ask in all different kinds of times of experiences and situations. If I loved myself truly and deeply, what would I do? And if I loved myself truly and deeply, would I let myself experience this? I invite you to begin asking those questions too. What if though to learn to love ourselves, we did begin to think about it like any other meaningful relationship? Man, I know it sounds a little weird and, and, and I've worked on this a little bit, and it's a little bit strange, but whatever once in a while you just gave yourself a gift, like seriously, like thought about something that would really make you feel good, went out and bought it, wrapped it up, waited a couple of days, and then set aside a time and gave it to yourself, and then opened it up, and just enjoyed it. Enjoyed it as a gift to yourself. What if you took yourself out for coffee? You know, not, your, not just your usual grab and go, get a cuppa and whatever, but a special occasion where you set aside some time, you set, it, you set a date and a time, and you went and you got the coffee or the, the tea or the beer, whatever it is, and enjoyed it as a treat for yourself. Not just to be consumed, not to try to run away from anything else. And when, what if you just set aside time simply to review how things were going with yourself? I mean, this is a great place for some journaling. I mean, every day, one of the practices I've been doing, again, for a while is just to journal. And it doesn't have to be anything major, but it just can be like, hey, how's it going today? What did I do today? What's happening? Where, where am I? It helps me think through the relationship that I have with myself and how I'm feeling that day. Where is that voice and what is that voice saying and why is it saying it and what does it want? I invite you to ask this. What if you accepted yourself? What if you were compassionate with yourself? Who might you become? I mean, who might you develop into if you, if you didn't have this voice in your head saying that you suck all the time and you were trying to overcome that voice or hide from that voice? 
or cover your tracks because you're afraid somebody's going to find out you're not as good at something as you thought as you supposedly are. I mean, what might you overcome? What might you overcome if you began to love yourself and accept yourself and give yourself grace? What gift could you bring to the world if you did whatever you needed to do to learn to love yourself? What gift could you bring to the world if you did whatever you needed to do to learn to love yourself? Because not loving yourself is a cage a small man builds. And so many of us build it, not just men. <laughs> not loving ourselves is a cage the small man builds. So will you pick up the key that Valley dropped for us? Is it the key that you need right now? Do whatever you need to do to learn to love yourself. Friends, I hope that if this is the key that you need, you will pick it up and that it will unlock the cage in which you find yourself in. And I just want to say thanks for listening to volume 0A of Dropping Keys. You can find me at joelmorgan.com or you can follow me at joelmorgancc on Facebook and Instagram. Drop me a note if this podcast has connected with you or if you have questions about some of the things that I've said. And here's what I wish for you, my friends. May the sage drop the key to unlock the cage in which you find yourself. <laughs>